All right, now we have on VUVU Radio here on Bob Long Sports, we have Dick Hoops Weiss, and he needs no introduction. The man has spent 20 years in Philadelphia covering basketball, spent 20 years up in New York with the New York Daily News covering national hoops, and now traveling internationally covering <laughs> Rio with Blue Star and, and the Big Ten Network. He does things still here domestically. Uh, it's a great pleasure to have you on, Dick, and, it's and my congratulations pleasure, Bob. on, yeah, on everything here so this much. evening. Thank uh, you so much. No, I... I love being back in Philadelphia. I love being back in Philadelphia during basketball season. I keep hoping that the 76ers young players will materialize and we'll have something to talk about in April. We'll see what happens. Uh, the college basketball scene here is very stable, particularly at Villanova where they're coming off a national championship season and should be a top four team preseason going into this year. Yes, they play actually on Saturday, a noon tip-off and an exhibition against IUP. And you mentioned Houston. You were down there in Houston, one of 45 trips to the Final Four. I know. It's pretty amazing. Every 31 years, a Philadelphia team wins a national championship. <laughs> That's right. It, LaSalle it, it, in 54. It happened in 54 with yeah. LaSalle. It happened in 85 with Villanova. And now it happened last year with Villanova. Uh, I think this one probably had more drama attached to it because it's probably the shot that will resonate more with local college basketball fans than anyone else. I mean, Chris Jenkins was on a roll, but no one saw that one coming, especially after they had lost uh, an eight-point lead to Carolina. If this thing goes overtime, uh, I'm not not thinking we're – uh, in total celebration mode, but uh, Jenkins made a great shot off a great pass from Ryan Arch, and uh, it was special for Philadelphia. So I know this, obviously, this most recent Final Four stands out. It's right. on another level. Uh, but thinking of the, the previous 44 that you had been I really, doing. I really like Villanova's win in 85 over Georgetown because it was the perfect game. They shot 90% in the second half. They shot 76 for the game. They were double-digit underdogs and found a way to win. It was Philadelphia's first championship since LaSalle and Tom Golan in 54. And when that, when something like that happens, you never think you're actually going to cover a team that wins it. But I was at Daily News at the time. I was still pinching myself uh, three months later in the Rose Garden when they uh, met with the president. Uh, Roly Massimino probably coached six perfect games, and he had the plus of not having a shot clock or a three-point goal. If if, If they had the lead with four minutes to play, the game was over because they never missed a critical three throw during that entire period of time. They beat some really good teams, too. I mean, they beat Maryland, they beat Carolina, they beat Memphis, they beat Georgetown. It's pretty impressive. It was a great run. We're talking to Dick Hoopsweiss here on VUVU Radio, and it streams live on Bob Long Sports, live from the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and we have one of the inductees with us right here. Dick Hoopsweiss, what does that mean for you, everything you've been able to do? You know, I grew up in Philadelphia. Anytime you get an award in Philadelphia, it's special. Uh, Even when I went to New York, we never moved. Uh, You know, once a Philadelphian, always a Philadelphian. And given the fact that there have been so many distinguished sports writers in the city, I feel I'm in pretty good company. That's fantastic. And let's move a little bit, uh, I guess, upwards in the ranks of basketball. Talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. You came over to our table talking about Simmons and hoping that he can get healthy. We've seen the process, self-dubbed, 
Joel MD. <laughs> He's been unbelievable so far, obviously on a minutes and a game's limit yeah. at this point. But what do you believe is the ceiling, and when, how many flights does it take li- to get there? I'd like to see them get a point guard that I could depend on, uh, and I'd like to see them get another shooter. I think that they've got bigs. Unfortunately, I think they're probably going to have to trade one of them, either Noel or Okafor, to get what they wanted. They tried to arrange a deal last year right before the draft for the Celtics to get yep. the three-pick, and I think they would have taken the kid Curry from Providence, who runs the pick-and-roll very effectively and would have fit right in. Now they are still searching for that missing piece. They have front-line players. I think they felt that Ben Simmons could step in and be a point forward and really he's an excellent passer he gets to the rim really well he gets to the line very effectively he's not a great shooter yet but I think he has the potential to be a great player if he's healthy this team's it's almost like this team is cursed I mean you know I mean Embiid comes doesn't play for two years I mean Noel sits a year. I mean, now Simmons is out for at least three months, and I'm hoping right. that his agent doesn't decide that he wants to hold him out an entire sure. year because I'd like to see what happens when all the pieces are healthy. I think it would be a fun. I'm not expecting him to win 30 games this year, but I am expecting them to become much more competitive and be in a situation where the they have a future in front of them. Teams now are trying to win. I I didn't like the idea of tanking. I didn't they can call it what they want, but when you put a limited team on the floor with limited chances to win, it really does affect your fan base. I mean, the fans are ready to win now. And 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 they've and they've been more than patient with this team. Uh but I think that uh Brian Coangelo now realizes how important it is for uh, this group to take a step forward. Dick, you mentioned all those bigs that the Sixers are holding on to. Brian Colangelo calls you up, says it's up to you. Which one are you willing to ship out? You look at all of them. I mean, if if you had the call, what's the big that you would be? Oh, it's most, hard most because I because I really believe that Embiid and Okafor are duplicate players. I mean, and I worry about Jaleel's ability to run the floor consistently in an up-tempo game. I think offensively, if he gets the ball in the box, it's a lock. He's a lockdown scorer. And so you have to make that decision. Uh, You know, if they – I don't know that they can play Twin Towers the way they did when Caldwell and Darrell were here back in the late 70s, Mm -hmm. early, early 80s. Because these kids are both wide bodies, I, you know. Daryl was a big kid, but he was a freak athlete, and Caldwell was thin enough to play the power forward spot if you needed him in that position. These kids are both traditional centers, and in a way, it's good because if you take a look at thirty teams, there probably aren't thirty centers of quality playing in the league right now, and they have two of them. Well. You mentioned skinnier guys that have played in the lane. You mentioned quality centers. You're being honored with a certain team led by a man named Will Chamberlain, the 1966-67, The greatest, the greatest stat, statistical and uh, phenomenon in the history of the league. 
I mean, I'm sure there are probably 60,000 people who will tell you they were in Hershey the night, yeah. he, the night he got 100 against the Knicks. That's right. The amazing part of that story was after the game, Wilt lived in New York, and he hitched a ride home from Hershey with all the Knicks. It wow. was crazy. How'd you like to be in that car? I mean, I just, I just dropped, I just dropped a hundred on you. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So this team, the 1966, 67, 76ers, by the way, that's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> but what was it about that team? They held the record until the Bulls came in and won 70, 72 games. 68 wins at that was, time. You know, and, and, and at that time playing in a league that didn't have 30 teams and where everybody had a center. That's right. I mean, it was hard. I mean, right. you. Yes. I mean, to win that championship, you got to go through Bill Russell and then through the Lakers. I mean, it was it was pretty impressive. I think it was hard, even though there were less teams. I think it was harder because I think there were more good players on each team. When the Sixers won, you probably needed four and a half good players. When they won in '83, they had four and a half good players. Now, I think. You can win it with three players. I mean, you might even be able to win it with two. I mean, probably three. But, you know, that team, if you have Wilt, it's like having sure. three players. I mean, because as you get to that, too, you look at Kyrie and, and LeBron right. last exactly. year. And there are other pieces there, absolutely, but complementary. Right, role players. I mean, I mean, there are some people that would tell you Kyrie could have very easily been the MVP of that series. I agree with Given you. the last two games that he played when he got 40s. Mm-hmm. I mean, but... In the fourth quarter of that last game. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's, it's funny. When I was in Rio, I saw the one thing that Kyrie Irving couldn't do. He's not a very good defensive player at the perimeter and when they played some of the pool round games against France and Serbia teams would specifically attack his position and they ended up having to use Kyle Lowry for extended minutes and he did a terrific job and he's a local kid too he is yes sir the Broad Street Bulldog Kyle Lowry you're right he's he's the second generation of the Broad Street Bully he's he's just a tough pit bull of a kid who who really knows how to defend at the perimeter and was a really good teammate on that team. Uh, Dick, when you look at uh, Joel Embiid, I hope I said his name right. Now, you know, I'm looking at the type of injury and listening to the type of injury that he had. And this is the kind of thing that basically sidelined Bill Walton. Right. Which is one, was I worry one, about one of, that. Right, he was one of the best players ever. Uh, Yao Ming. I mean, seriously, this is a serious injury. And, uh, you know, you're like, like Bob said earlier when he asked you the question, that, yeah, you're starting out like wonderfully. Well, he's played four games. Maybe three, four games. I, I mean, we until I see his ourselves? longevity, I'm not ready to make a final uh, evaluation of him. He does have he does have skill level. He can shoot it. He's big. He's physical. But we're talking about a kid who missed half of his of his freshman year and only been in the country one season before he went right. to Kansas. Right. Then he comes to the Sixers, and it's been – talk about a process. I mean, it's been – I mean, I'm sure every year must seem like, seem like an eternity to him. And even now, they can't play him yeah. back-to-backs. Well, and, and, Dick, I'll say this. And, then again, we're <coughs> talking to Dick Hoopsweiss, an inductee tonight into the Philadelphia Sports Hall of Fame. Joel Embiid, the fact that he has played so few games, right. in the limited action we've seen him, 17, 18 games at Kansas, a season or two in high school, now here, he has a sense for the game, it appears, 
that is unbelievably surprising. You can watch as much tape as you want to be able to get up to game action, game speed, and I think have that nose for well, the what ball. What amazed me is he, he's originally from Africa, and he, he uh, yep. was a, uh, a student transfer. I played for Montverde his senior year. When he played in high school, he was not the primary option. And Kansas, when he went there, he wasn't the primary option with Wiggins. Right. I mean, they, but he does have that physical strength. I think the next great manufacturer of, of, of elite players in the NBA is going to be the, the continent of Africa. I think we are seeing an awful lot of bigs who just don't know how to play. But, have, but if they can get skilled and they can get coached, who knows? I mean, look at Elijah one. He was a yep. soccer player before he came over here. Unbelievable. You're lucky, exactly right. I was lucky enough to meet him. Uh, he, well, I guess it was at a Philadelphia Union game, and I think he wanted to meet Didier Drogba, who was there. Does, you know, does and, the, right. it should not surprise you. No, no. So he wanted to meet him. So I, I, all I could tell you is he is a huge human being. Yeah, huge is a good and word. And he seems they, they say he keeps getting – I mean, he's – I, I, I never saw anybody – I never saw much – I never saw anybody that big. I mean, he really is a huge – Huger than normal. I've seen enough basketball. Oh, I totally agree. No, listen, yeah. I mean, they're obviously betting the house that he is going to be the center, the center point of this franchise for the ne- in the next couple of years. Yeah, I think so. And there's a bright, bright future. I hope ahead. so. Just, uh, but I think you made. I think you made a great point when you said. Will really? he be healthy? <laughs> yes. No. Will he be? Is it? Will he be healthy enough to be the guy he can be? And that's not something that's really completely in his control. I just I see the same thing with the Philadelphia fans on the talks uh, radio with uh, with Wentz on the Eagles. I mean, you know, they they kind of put everything in that one apple yes, cart, and you know. They're young, young players, and let's face it, Wentz could, his career could be ruined with one hit. And this guy's playing with debutante ankles. You know, it's a little <laughs> scary to me. Anyway, I think it's a little scary That's to bet good. the house yeah. you know, on that. I, I totally – well, I you know, all we can do is hope for the best. Listen, long-suffering is probably the best description for the fan base here. They, I mean, ever since they traded uh, Malone and Dowry back in 86 mm-hmm. – it's like things have never been the same. I think that they may have, if they've kept those two instead of taking Henson and 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 uh, and Jeff Rulin and you know, I think they might have been in a position to keep it going for the next five, ten years. And then who knows what happens? It's almost like the Celtics when they didn't win bias past. I mean, you know, you're, you're waiting for the – you want to keep the – if you know a player is a franchise player, you got to keep him. How could you be more of a franchise player than Moses Malone? I mean, when yeah, you think about it. But, I mean, you know, I understand it. There were some ownership issues there. Yes, there were. Yeah. But wh- how did you feel as a sports writer at that time? What was your opinion initially I when felt you heard they about threw that away, I felt they threw away a, a championship contender. I felt they threw away a team that had the ability – to match up with the Celtics, if Dowdy and um, if, if Dowdy and Malone you know, had stayed on the floor, because Barkley was there too, you know. Well, Do- Dowdy mean, had never he was he was a rookie. They traded away before they got right, him. Right, but correct? I mean he had a pretty good right. career with Cleveland. 
Yeah, he did. He sure did. But at that point, he was just he was an untested rookie. No, kind of like the guys we're talking about now, the other you know yeah. the other Philly guys. But, well, the but thing you is, know, right now, was, I mean, look, he at least he had four years of college. Right. I mean, you, I mean, you're in a situation now where everybody is coming out after, as a one and done, and you basically are betting on potential as opposed to betting on things that you've actually seen on the board. I think he could have been. I think he could have helped him. I, I think sometimes we get lulled into a false sense of security when we take players who are stars on bad teams. I think we saw that. You look at Henson; he averaged twenty in Cleveland, but he was never going to win playoff games for you. Right, I mean, we, we, we fell into that. Right, yeah, you're like the false sense of security. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. But it looks like the, you know, the organization, you know, say we want about the Sixers organization now, you know, they're, they're going for it. I mean, the guys that they took, you know, Embiid was going to be a first-round pick if he didn't get injured. I believe he was like Well, he was. He was a third, first third overall. He, he would have been the first overall. Third, yeah, right. third pick. Maybe right. they got a steal. You know, maybe they got a crusher. Yeah, but that's a crusher fingers. You know, yeah, right, you know to say he's a star now. It's a little yeah. ridiculous, in my opinion, anyway, because he's not even playing 15 minutes a game yet. He's Dick, a star. Dick, I, I got yeah. one more question sure. for you before we let you go. We don't want to monopolize your time, no, but appreciate you being so generous with us. Not, not a problem at all. Dick Hoops Weiss, one of the best nicknames out there. I know a little bit of the backdrop, but I want to hear you say, well, you know, how I, did you? I got it. I was given to me by a columnist uh, at uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Sandy Padway, who went, went on to be a, a professor at Columbia. And uh, he just did it because when I was in college, I was at, literally at a high school or college game every day for the three years. I, I, I did take off one, one or two falls to play soccer for Temple. Uh, but uh, other than that, once the basketball season started, I mean, it gets in your blood, and it gets in your blood in Philadelphia, particularly. Philadelphia is a, a basketball city, and back then, there the production and the grassroots and colleges and pro teams were pretty good. Now, when I went to school, it was just about the time the Sixers were making a run with with Wilt. So I'm I was out of school when they were nine and seventy three. I, I won't take any credit for that, guys. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, you said that Philadelphia yeah. is a basketball city, and you're right, but in large part it's because of people like yourself. So That's very sweet of you guys to say. Can Thank I give, you. Can I give him one more? I know I'm, I'm trying to jump in, but you know, we have someone that we so rarely do we have a chance to ask someone with the wealth of knowledge five decades or so <laughs> doing this. Give me your all-time starting college basketball Love team. It. Love it. You know, for your 45 years or so. Oh, uh, you know. I mean, I don't put I never spot, saw. But, yeah. See, it's so, it's so hard because I never saw, I never saw Gola play in college. So that that's hard for me. I think, you know, it's funny. I think the greatest players are the players that transcend time. Like, I never, th- but I'll say this. It wouldn't include Jordan because the great line about the only person that was capable of holding Michael under 20 was Dean Smith. Well, you know, that was probably the case because he never averaged 20 at Carolina. And then he just had a total blow-up. But as far as the great, great players, I love Calvin Murphy. I, lo- I, 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 loved, I loved Kareem. I loved Walton. I thought they were the two best centers of my era. I loved... Uh, I never saw West. I never saw Robertson. Okay, 
Um, I'm trying to think of guys that really... Magic and Bird, I think Magic probably would fall into that category. And I did it in, in his second year, but he did it. And he was special. LeBron never played in college, so we'll never know how good he might have been if he went to Ohio State. Kobe never played in college, so we'll never know how good he might have been if he went to Duke or Carolina. Sure. Or LaSalle. <laughs> or LaSalle, why not? That's right. So well, but, you, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's... There, there have been a lot of great college players. Patrick Ewing was a great college player. I mean, uh, uh, Christian Leitner would have been probably on my list because he made more big shots in March than anybody that I can remember. And the best player I ever saw on the Plester was probably Bill Bradley from Princeton back in 65. That's a great name. There, wow. Bill Bradley. That's it. Thanks. Uh, yeah, because really, who has that's a, that's a great wealth of knowledge. He admits that he didn't see gold and, and people of that ilk. <laughs> but the point is, where would Wilt fit in there? Does do you, do you feel like where Let's, would Wilt fit in there? Oh, uh, Wilt. I mean, well, just I, as a player, I guess as a college. You know what? Player, uh, as a college player, he had, you know he had one year where they lost the championship in triple overtime to Carolina. Another year where he didn't even win the Big Eight. They lost to K State. Then he went to the, the Trotters. Then, then he went to the Trotters, played there a year, and then got into the league. So we never really – we knew Wilt was unstoppable at Overbrook. Mm-hmm. And he was – and they and they changed the rules for him after high school because he used to bend over the foul line to make it easier for him to make three throws. And with that reach, <laughs> right. it was pretty amazing. He was a freak athlete. He and Russell – certainly would have fallen into any categories if you're talking about greatest players of all time. My mother went to school with him at Overbrook High School. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 great. So you would fall on the uh, Chamberlain over uh, who, who are we talking about? The, cha- the, the, the Chamberlain as, as the greatest player over Jordan? He was the greatest stat he, he, was the gra- he was the greatest stat maker of all time. I'll say that. I mean, Russell won 11 championships. It's hard to Hard, hard to say, he had, but he had a much better supporting cast. Yeah, right. Will I loved right. Wilt's teams when he played in Philly because there was such a local flavor. When he first got here, he played with Arizona, and he played with Golan, and he played with Rogers. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you know, right. given the given the fact that all four of them are in the Hall of Fame. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's good. Well, thank you. That that was like probably the best analysis we've ever had of this ageless question that we have. So thank <laughs> you for that. Thank you again, uh, Dick. It's my pleasure, guys. Listen, I hope you have a great night, and I hope you enjoy this. Enjoy your induction. That's terrific. Thank you so much, terrific, guys. Yeah. It's nice talking to all of you. Thank you.